Hey everybody, how are you doing? So, I'm going through um, this uh, transition in life, um, emotionally, um, spiritually, em uh, magically, um, astronomically, magically, and <clears throat> physically, and I guess it's, <clears throat> I've, I've been forewarned for years from, from psychics and numerologists and um, astrologists, but I, I just didn't quite understand what they were saying because I just really thought that it was fake, I guess, because I didn't think that it was real or it could happen to me. I just thought that, oh, that'll never happen to me, <laughs> you know, or I have no clue what they're talking about. Um, <clears throat> things like that. Um, I um, had a conversation with my husband earlier tonight in the car, and um, um, during the first, I'd say, um, 15 to 20 years of our marriage, we were constantly fighting, constantly bickering, and separating. And this 4th of July, we will be married 25 years. So anyways, tonight, I asked him in the car, I said, um, what did you do with Dallas at nighttime? Um, I mean, like, what was your routine? And what I meant by that is, at that point in time, our son was a little boy, and we were fighting and we uh, we lost our place to live I can't remember on that that time and my mom said that I could come stay with her her house and my two daughters but my husband and my son were not welcome because she said well they're welcome she said but they they uh, it would have been too many people in her house and to me that was being unwelcome so anyways my husband and I had to separate our families like that. And then at one point, my mom kicked me out of her house the day before Thanksgiving. And I had to find somewhere to stay fast. So I went and stayed with a friend. So my two daughters were staying at my mom's house. My husband and my little boy were staying at his mom's house. And I was staying at a friend's house on the couch. And I just, I longed to be you know, <clears throat> in a place to live again and be surrounded with my family so I could cook dinners and sleep with my husband and have sex with him and, you know, watch my kids grow and take them to school every day and, and church. And I just, <clears throat> my life was just so in disarray and out of control. And... <clears throat> 
I just want to say this this one thing I was not an easy person to get along with because of my major major abuses and that had transpired upon me since a, an infant till till I met my husband and I met my husband when I was 27 years old and then we married when I turned 28 or right after and the thing about this whole situation is <clears throat> I know that you know he threatened me to marry him and that and I know that when I was six years old I called him on his work phone he worked at a pizza parlor and I told him when I was six years old that I was gonna marry him I just knew he was my destiny um, so but when we actually, when I walked into his place of business and applied for a job, um, he fell so head over heels for me. And I thought he had nice eyes, but he wasn't my type. But anyways, um, I was still like a living mutt in hate. And I was still, you know, a rabid dog off leash so so to speak kind of you know I mean it's not like I was out there doing porn or looking at you know bad things and orgies and same whatever um, being just you know gnarly and contracting diseases and killing people or raping people I wasn't doing that but I mean I wasn't being good to myself either Anyways, I told him, because he just wanted to marry me so bad. And I didn't want to settle down at 28 or 27. I just, I did not want to settle down. And especially with the likes of him, because, he, well, that's what I used to think. Because he was just such a complete, utter opposite dork. You know, I mean, he was marrying, like, like the total, total beauty of my generation, you know, I mean, that's how he would equate it to, he was marrying, you know, somebody of like star um, status in terms of looks and beauty and being iconic and, um, you know, um, a jet setter, or I only dated like the elites, you know, or I dated anything or anyone, I had pick at first pick of everything and everyone, you know, because of my beauty. So, but I wasn't ready to settle down because I didn't know how to tell him all the problems I had going on in my life. Um, I just, how do you tell somebody that you, you know, um, did some things in your life or we're still doing them that they could never completely comprehend or understand and they are so against that stuff but he wanted to give me a better life so one day <clears throat> I was um, it is at his house and I was crying on his couch when he came home from work and this is uh, prior two weeks to us getting married and he comes in the door and he goes oh, 
what's wrong, babe? And <clears throat> I just was sobbing, and I said, I have something to tell you. And he said, what? You can tell me anything. And then he goes on to tell me, I will love you no matter what, no matter what you say. I, You know, he's all, um, I, I know that you're not fully attracted to me right now, but I will wait an eternity for you. I will do what it takes to make you love me or you know, I will wait forever. And I said, um, how long would you willing to wait? How long would you be willing to wait for me to be healed, to be um, the woman that I want and wish and yearn to be? And he's all, I'll wait our entire marriage. He's all, you can have your own bedroom, you know, um, I'll, we'll raise the kids. And then uh, he's all, you'll never have to be on food stamps or welfare again. And he says, just as long as I know that, you know, one day you're, you'll be mine. He said, um, I can wait. And no matter what you tell me or what you are about to tell me will ever diminish the fact that I totally love you. And then he went on to say, if you could just look into my heart right now if I could just open my chest and you could look into my heart and see how big it is and how much love I have for you and that's when I told him part of my ongoing issues of what I was dealing with and and he just grabbed me and he held me so freaking tight I almost couldn't breathe and he was just like and it, it wasn't in a perverted way in a perverted way it was in a way that you would want your own God to hold you when you were just like so desolate. He was, it was that kind of a hold. It was, you wanted to take a deep breath and sigh of relief, but you couldn't because you couldn't believe that somebody believed in you that much or what it was believing in you or is it a trap or was it a trick? You're not attracted to him, so don't go there. Um, I mean, even that, so, anyways, I told him there are some things in my past and ongoing that I haven't dealt with, and there's probably going to be some really super raw um, Neanderthal, you know, stupid emotions and anger that it, that's going to bubble up when I start to deal with each level that of hate that life has spewed on me my whole life you know just because you know I'm beautiful this is what I was telling him I, I told him just because I'm beautiful doesn't mean that my walk in life has just been pristine and easy in fact I told him that you know the more beautiful a person is the harder society deems them and judges them because I guess extremely stunning, beautiful people are not common in society. And you just can't see like a whole, you know, like 10 blocks of people, you know, 10 huge malls of people filled with 100,000 extremely good looking people. That's just, I guess, not how it is. And it sucks because when you are stunning or beautiful, society treats you like a POS. They really do. You know why? Because women look at you like you haven't seen a bad day in your life bitch men look at you like you know what 
You're only good for one thing and one thing only, bitch. And why would I marry you when I just want to do you? You know, or then you get the crazies where the guys are just like fall in love with you as soon as you meet them. And um, how do you tell them that you're not that their type? And then when you do tell them that, every all their friends look at you like you're a snob. You know, she always acted like she was too good for us or too good for you. You know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> and if you're really super stunning, then your own family turns on you and treats you bad for whatever redeeming quality. And God forbid that you have looks to go with a heart. You're really screwed. You know, so I was telling my husband, I, I have so many issues and problems and they're so serious that I truly believe that it's going to take at least um, five years. And I was just lying at that point. I just want to see if he could hang in there for five years. He goes, yes, yes, I can take it. I can take it for 10 years. And I said, for 10, are you sure? And he said, yes. And I said, how about 17? Or is that pushing it? No, I can wait for you 17 years. Um, I'll go th with you through all the problems and we'll deal with it. And, and I'll take whatever it I need to do to to make you better, make you feel like you know, to make your insides match your outside looks. And I thought that will never happen. Never. I just, I just automatically knew because, you know, when people would see me, they'd say I was stunning. You know, stunning. That's just the word that I got from people. That was just the one word. When people say, describe the word that people use the most when they meet you. Mine was the word stunning. So they, they would stand there with their mouths open or they couldn't talk. They would just, uh, and I would have to like pick up conversations for people like, you know, teaching them how to read or write and talk again. It's, it's not a blessing, it's a curse. It really is a curse because like I said, you don't get treated well at all. If people see a good looking person coming their way they're going to make you pay for all of their broken promises of the people they wanted because it's probably due to some beautiful or stunning chick like you that has steered their heart away you know I mean at one point in my life I was called Miss September I don't know why I guess um, some pornography magazine I guess she resembled me but they said I was prettier and that was a hard one to deal with because I knew I was living in a different part of the United States that they were all pigs and they were egotistical macho creeps. So that scared me to be called that. So anyways, um, <clears throat> so then back to the conversation with my husband prior to us getting married, I said, how about, um, 21 years? What if it took 21 years, Robert, for me to get completely healed and be the wife that you you want and the woman that I need to be for myself and God and my, my family. By then, the kids, if, you know, all our kids will be grown up. I said, what if, it, what if it takes something like 21 years? But I knew deep down in my soul it was going to take 23 years to the day to rectify every single 
treasure that had been stolen, smashed, or given away from me to restore my own self um, into the being that I so knew that I, I, I wanted to be. Um, I just, I gave, I told my husband, 21 years, if you can wait and, you know, we'll still be married, you know, for the allotted 21 years, then I said, um, mom, yeah, I'll marry you. You know, because I just thought, shoot, at least let me get my foot in the door so I can raise my kids, you know, and, um, <coughs> excuse me, and provide um, a roof over their head and a stable household with a mother and a father, you know, going to church and anyways, I gave my husband hell, you know, I resented the fact that he forced me to marry him because actually when we got to Las Vegas, Nevada to get married, I changed my mind, I was too scared, I didn't want to do it, I wasn't in love with him. And I thought, um, I'll just, I'll just do it on my own as a single mother to two small children. I'll just do it on my own. I don't want to marry somebody just for a business engagement because I just didn't want to do that. I just chickened out. I didn't want to do it at the last minute when we got to Las Vegas. And that's when he threatened to kill himself. He was going to go get a gun. If I didn't marry him, um, he was going to make me walk home from Las Vegas, Nevada to California. And I guess if somebody were to walk, I don't know, I think that would take maybe two weeks to get home with no food or water and money. And so he just kind of, he not kind of, he really threatened, you know, every which way. He said he was going to kill himself and he threw himself on my knees when I was sitting on the edge of the bed telling him I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go through with it and you know he was sobbing in my lap and he squeezing my legs saying that I am I will not I am not going back home to my mother and without a wife and without you as my wife and he said if I have to I will shoot myself in the head when I get home he's just like screaming and wailing and like his eyes were all swollen and you know, his tears were all spurting out and down his face, and he just, I thought, God, how could I do that to someone when he, he, you know, he appears to genuinely care or love for me, and I thought, just let the guy take care of you then, Jen, just, he already knows what, you know, that, well, he doesn't know what's within you that's scary, and there's some things that you know that you still have to deal with it that nobody even knows about. And who knows when that's going to come out after this last or the next issue or temperament or episode or, you know, verbal rape. <clears throat> that's what I call it. I, I verbally raped my husband in our first years of marriage. And every single time, and I can't stand hate. That's why I'm such an advocate. That's why I tell you guys these stories of my own, you know, interpret, um, of my own interpretation of how we can have certain scenarios 
to be able to get out of. That's why I know these things. That's why I know the makeup of the psychological and the physio sense of being, uh, you know, human beings. And because I have lived the worst, I was the worst. I mean, I would cuss my husband out so bad that there was a certain point where I would start to see his mind go blank. And the first time that happened, I vowed to myself to never pick a fight with my husband again. Because I saw it, it looked like it just like, it broke him so bad that he, he either didn't care or he was not going to come back to that caring point ever again that I was tearing him down about. And I thought, I'm, I'm just not, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to cuss him out. I'm not going to put him down. I'm not going to do it. And it was just so, <clears throat> it was so unfortunately addicting. And um, I'm embarrassed to say that. I'm appalled to say that. I just had so much angst and anger and hatred and unforgiveness and unwillingness and coldness and stillness and vindictiveness inside of me that I should have never even had kids at that point. And I should, I, I should have never met Robert because I know he has a lot of, and we all do, he has a lot of some serious issues going on. And we all do. But you know what? His work ethic outweighs any issue on the planet. You know, he he deserves a wife that that you know that can be his equal, not somebody like me that he had to wait all these. Years. So, anyways, every time, sorry, back to story. When I would go and cuss him out and I would pick a fight with him. Um, I kept seeing a, a part of him go away. And that's the truth. Until I thought one day in the middle of my big mouth spouting out insults to him, I was screaming literally inside my head, stop Jennifer, stop. What's wrong with you? Look what you're doing to him. Stop. You're going to F him up. He'll never come back to you again. You'll never have somebody like this again. How much more does he have to prove to you? What's wrong with you? And then we would make up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then we would make up. Then I would do all the cooking and, you know, taking care of the children and the cleaning and sex and, you know, lovey-dovey and... And then some other issue would creep up and, you know, okay, this month it's or this week it's jealousy. And it's not on his part, of course, shredding him again on a different issue. But they're just recycling their own life through me, you know. And I'm just here to say that about an hour ago or less, it, it, it's been... I've been telling my husband for a few years now that, look, if you want a divorce, then 
that's fine. I just want to let you know, and I will sign anything right now. I will write it in paper and put my signature, or I'll even send it in a text message because that is accountable in the court of law. I will say that, look, I'm not going to use any of our background <clears throat> um, to get back at you through it in our divorce. I'm not going to blackmail you so I can get what I want in our divorce. And then I was willing to sign that paper and, you know, and I've always tried to give him a way out. You know, I've not always tried, but I have given him a way out. You know, I've always told him, hey, look, you can go respectively and um, I won't blackmail you for anything. And I'll sign a paper right now. We can go get it notarized. You know, because, like I said, I, um, I, I like to have um, a fair fight. But see, what I was doing to him was not a fair fight because I freaking took away his bounty of the sense of um, rogue, of being, you know, in love rogue. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't imagine. He probably thought... Because he was so in love with my beauty that, it, I mean, that's the only thing I think that, and the beauty and the sex, he says, in my cooking, that's the only thing that actually kept bringing this guy back to me, this gentleman. And I had no right <clears throat> to, um, I mean, I didn't know what or how, I, I didn't even admit at that point or tell anybody about the beatings, you know, when I was, you know, you know, a baby growing up. I, I, I just didn't even, there were so many other things that bad, bad things that had happened to me that nobody knew about. I mean, shoot, my husband still, I think it was like a month ago, he just found out another thing that happened to me. And like I said, we've been married this 4th of July. 24 years, but we were friends a year prior to that. So 25 years altogether, we've been with each other. And he knows that I have PTSD because he has seen it. He's felt it. I've dealt it. It's like, it's like living in, uh, you know, Auschwitz every single time I freaking would have a flare up. And that was a lot because after we, we had our son, I got huge, like, like, dynamo, huge, you know, I was a freaking big fat chick, a lady, you know, with three little kids, born again Christian, jealous as hell, and, and controlling, and, uh, bitchy and demanding, but, a pretty fat lady still and going to church and making my kids be clean and know the Bible and <clears throat> and loyal as hell but still I, I was still dealing with some major major issues and trying to look like you know behind this facade well I've got the the Christian hood the the marriage um, the motherhood and um, you know this falsehood of me be you know being a function idiot Oh, I was functioning all right, but I was functioning in an improper and unacceptable value and way. 
it was called deterrent. That way of deterrent that I was um, not functioning, functioning at, you know, um, caused human beings in my immediate surroundings to lose some of their mind or faith or heart or innocence and you know so I think I'm going to sit down today seriously and gently with my husband and just tell him Okay, well, look, last night we were in the car, and I said, what did you and Dallas, our son, do when we were separated at that? What was your nightly routine? And then so after he told me, um, I looked at him, and I said, are you wondering why I never asked that when this happened, like 15, 20 years ago? And I said, he's all yes. And I said, because if I would have asked you that question, I believe it would have thrown me over the edge, I would have gone completely emotionally insane because I wanted to be connected with my husband and my son and my family and I wanted a place to live and I wanted to have the happy family that I'm always wanting with you. But I can't, I just have so many problems, I don't know what to do, you know, I don't know how to say I don't know why I'm having a problem like this at this time um, I don't know what sparked other than the things or jealousy we knew why I'd have a problem with that but other things I didn't know why I was freaking out about why like why everything made me so damn nervous and jumpy and um, you know misfiring at things and judging and yelling and cussing and you know, getting migraines and, you know, I mean, pushing family, you know, prospective friends away just because they didn't know any better and they were stupid and they were just all a bunch of dumb F-ups. Nobody understands me in this freaking world and I've been abused by and beat my entire life and tortured. So, nothing made sense. The only thing that made sense to me at that point in time with Robert and my family and when we were in our separation years was that I could make sense at least halfway to the world and to my, you know, outer um, ring of friends and church. You know what I'm saying? I could make halfway sense only because Robert made me look like I made sense. It had nothing to do with me. Robert made me look sensible. And that's why I told him I couldn't ask that question. And I said, if you're ever wondering why I never did, you know, because it would have, uh, it would have killed me. I would have died of suicide because I wanted... I wanted to be in the halfway frame of normalcy once again that I'd never experienced my entire life, my whole life. And during that short and feels like long time, it was long in terms of um, torture to somebody, but during that short period of um, constant spewing words of death and, and threats and hatred towards him, 
that was feeling good for me. Because, like I said, he made my life halfway normal. I didn't feel it, but it looked like it. And I wanted to match the feeling with the look. That's what I was striving and thriving for. That's what we both signed up for. We both signed up for me to match my looks to my insides and my insides, you know, to feel like stunning, absolutely radiant, owning the universe, you know, guiding the cosmos, listening to energy, loving the, um, you know, the humans, loving myself so much that I want to love the world now. It's a trip. That's where I'm at right now. That's what I've become. I just found um, an old, uh, I guess it was um, a to-do list of a list of things that I want to attribute to myself personally and emotionally and physically speaking. And no, Jack, you're not going to die. He's trying to get up here. I'm not crying. I'm doing a podcast. Anyways, I found this old, this, I was listening or reading this one, um, psychologist or or psychiatrist was telling me, if you want to know one of the really, and I know this already, but because they teach you this in early in in elementary school, if you want to know how to become a successful person in life, then keep a daily journal or a daily to-do list and then look back at that. A year later and see if you can mark off any of those short-term goals and now long-term goals um, and I was thinking th- just the other day I wished I had still one of my to-do lists you know of the things I wanted to improve well my wish came true and I found one of those things on my list and it was I found it today and it said um, on my to-do list for myself I hope and only wish and dream to start to like myself so that I may love who I am and walk with utter confidence and feel gorgeous no matter what. When I read that today, my eyes filled up with tears and I couldn't believe in how much hate I used to be compared to how I feel now. I could not believe this tremendous change that has completely perplexed my soul. That I I don't recognize that woman at all. I'm I'm ashamed. And I'm embarrassed. Um, um so earlier Come on, Jack, stop bullying me. Um, earlier tonight, I said, I go, did you ever um, wonder what I was doing? Did you ever miss me? This was in the car tonight. And he took a long time to, to answer, and he goes, um, uh, yeah, I guess. Mm, I guess sometimes I would miss you. And I knew, Jen, right now is the time to let this beautiful 
person go be freaking free free from my past reign of hell you know <clears throat> so about an hour or less ago I thought you know Robert has done everything for everyone their entire lives he raised his kids with his ex-wife he when they got divorced he was there to pick his kids up Literally, <clears throat> to pick him up, to take him to school, to pick him up, to drop him off. At, he used to live out of town, and he would drive all the way out of town to do this twice, sometimes four times a day, whatever the kids needed. Those children knew not of what it was like to live without a dad that so cherished them, you know? Um, and he was an excellent, I mean, we weren't rich and sometimes I was hungry and, um, we were probably, well, we were malnourished because we weren't eating properly. We were eating all not good food, but when I would get to cook nice meals for us and holidays, we would, you know, we had our hard times as a, as a couple, you know, there's, um, a couple of instances where we had some holiday seasons where, you know, we... Well, I know one holiday, both of us, my husband and I, went to bed extremely hungry. You could hear our stomachs. I know that most of the time when my husband wasn't eating, it's because we didn't have enough food, and he just wanted to make sure that his kids and his wife ate first, and he never complained, never, not once, ever, ever. And there was a lot of times that we were hungry. But he went, he got up and went to work every single day. He walked to work in, in the, the rain. He's walked to work when um, um, it's been triple digit um, weather. He's um, he's walked to the, the superstore on one occasion, on one holiday, when my family has completely turned him down to give him a ride just to go get a turkey for us when we couldn't afford a turkey, but it was up to the last minute like very last minute that we got one because I went and test drove this one car at this one dealership to get a free turkey for my family. And um, we, now we just didn't have a ride to the store to get all the, the, um, the trimmings and the turkey to pick up our free turkey. So he's been treated like crap, not only from me, but from my, my whole family too. The one person that my, my um, husband has never been cussed at or put down or um, ignored or dropped or um, talked bad about was my dad. Yeah. And everybody used to say that he was the most evil of, evil of us all. <clears throat> Anyways, um, I know that it's been gone from my husband and I for a long time the love or the tenderness, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I know that he's done some really bad things in our marriage and life too, but <clears throat> I just don't think that constitutes being able to stay, to say that you reign victory over another human's presence of mind and heart in terms of ha happiness, 
sexual desire and um, goodwill. I, I certainly am not judging the world, but I certainly am standing in judgment for myself. And I know that he deserves someone or something and all of it better. You know? So, like I said, I've brought it to his um, his attention in the past to let him go, you know, easy. Let him go, you know, um, in peace. You know, let me sign that. I'll, do, I'll sign anything because I knew what I had taken from him. You know, his hope, it, looks like, it seemed like his, his hope of of um, the spring of life had had died inside of his eyes. And that, you know, I mean, I, I dealt with that for a few years too, you know. That's why I was starting to tell him, hey, look, I'll sign this, I'll write this out for you, and I'll, I'll do this fair. Because I just don't believe that when you steal another person's light on any level that that you, I, I just believe that nobody can walk out, you know, on the higher road and 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 say that they're the better of the two. That's, I always want to, I always want to be equivalent in terms of, um, you know, how I treat people, <clears throat> and that would be, you know, fair. That would be equal for me to sign a paper saying I won't blackmail you. I won't ask for over an abundance, you know, ever. Um, I will let you go and walk in peace and I bid you love and kindness and I hope you can get restored from my effed up actions. That's the only thing I could give to him. And he never took it. So, I was thinking of a way about an hour or less ago. I was sitting in the dark in my living room and I was thinking, how could I honestly and earnestly tell Robert that again you know um, freak dude you deserve way better than me you deserve a wife that works you deserve a wife that doesn't have neuropathy you deserve um, a wife that doesn't smoke cigarettes and smoke pot You, you know I mean Um, And I know I'm not as tight because, like, you know, I mean, I know he looks at pornography now. I know that he's had affairs, multiple. I know other things that I can't and shouldn't say. And, um, I just saw him look at some chick tonight. She was, like, 19 years old, and her body type is... He's always like this other different body type than completely different than mine. Even when we first got married, and it it, uh, it plagues me and perplexes me still to this day as to why did you marry somebody with my body type when that's not even the type of chick you even look at. Not even close. We're not even close, right? I mean, his his first wife was even like the body type he likes. So, then it also makes me feel like crap because I know that he's never liked my body set up from the very, very beginning. 
but why would you marry me? You know, I, I, I just, I didn't get it. So it makes me feel bad because I know that, okay, I, I know that he lusts after something like that. And why he went for something so extremely different with me. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I could never be that body type, you know, um, I don't, you know, want to be that body type just to get a guy, um, or a girl, um, you know, and I'm thinking my husband and I have been through so much. Why can't he not look at that stuff and, and, or look at me still with, with, you know, because I mean, I could put, I could have put him in prison for life, but so I had this stupid, this encore feeling that, you know, you should be kissing my ass because you're not dying in prison right now, or you could get killed in prison, stuff like that. But then I thought, you know what, Jen, what's the point of fucking goddamn forgiveness if you can't even leave it there, if you keep bringing it up to threat? <laughs> that's not a good person. And one of these days he's going to get so used to hearing it and sick of hearing it, it won't even phase him. And, you know, I just did all the bad things, um, except for, you know, mess around on him and, um, and, um, try to cheat and have sex with his family members, you know, um, or lie to him about money, because, I mean, I've never been allowed to touch our finances, I've never been allowed to access to his bank accounts, I don't know what's going on with stuff, and he keeps me in the dark, and, you know, if I'm nice to him, he'll, like, buy me a certain thing of food, or he'll give me maybe 10 bucks that more, 20 bucks every six months, so, um, I'm, like, totally grateful because he sustained my life, and, you know, um, so, I mean, and so as couples, yeah, we went through our things, but just tonight kind of made me feel like I don't want any connection with you either, sir. With, with all due respect, I'm not just, but, hey, look, I know I'm not your type, and I know that we've had the darkness between us, and I know that there's some darkness that is still there, and I know that there's, People don't change into the light and accept, you know, who they are and want to accept, you know, nurturing their souls to keep growing. It's hard for people to to comprehend the change in our inner being and souls, um, how it's going to rock your foundation and reform you into a beautiful, beautiful universal being and people just don't think that kind of stuff is true and I'm telling you it is because I totally know who I am now today right now I know what I want I know you know what's up in terms of forgiveness and um and understanding and empathy and growth and uh, emotional strength and forbearance for the will to keep surviving and never give up I know that and um yeah, so I'm going to sit down with him today, I hope. If it's meant to be, I'll just go with the flow of the energy, the universal energies in my heart. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to be honest with him and say, you know what, I think that you deserve better. 
and I think that we've both been through, you know, too much heck in this marriage, and I just want to tell you that I think you're a good man, and I want to see you happy, and you know what, I've already told myself I'm not going to tear up, I'm not going to try to make it sound like I'm feeling sorry for myself, I'm not going to make it seem like I can't fend for myself, but I'm going to build him up so much that He's going to feel like, yeah, I can't wait to go and start my new life. I want him to go away like that. And I have to, I've, I already told myself, I've got to be strong through the whole thing to make, to convince him. Because I want him happy. It was sad to see that he didn't even, you know, he didn't even want me back then. You know, like... You know, and, uh, you know, I mean, so, and I, I've seen his tremendously, you know, good qualities, and I owe that to society. If I have done something or someone wrong, then, um, I, that's my life's purpose, is to rectify my disobedient being on this planet and that's why I always tell everybody you know I'm kind of here or I am here to let you know there is a way out there's a um, different way or road or journey or path that we can take when we are in this type of unceremoniously uh, uh, difficult messed up positions in life I'm here to say you know, I, I wouldn't say these things unless I personally experienced them. So that said, I have to start meditating. I have to start bringing up my vibrational energy. So I can go and free a soul right now. Namaste.